Hi, my name is Mike Herbster. I'm privileged to be the director of Southland Christian Camp Ministries. For over 25 years, Southland has centered itself around the ministry of preaching. We believe that God uses the foolishness of preaching to convict hearts and transform lives. Our prayer is that today's sermon would push you to become more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you listen, would you carefully evaluate your life in light of God's Word and take the appropriate action to grow in your walk with Him? We hope that you will enjoy today's message. First Samuel chapter number 16 in the Word of God tonight. First Samuel chapter number 16 in the Word of God this evening. As you find your place here, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? First Samuel chapter and number 16. We're going to continue in a passage of Scripture that we've been in here uh, over uh, this last night. And uh, then again, looking at this passage of Scripture this evening. And tonight, I just want to once again look at one verse. We're going to do just a little bit of review and then jump right into the message tonight. Again, I want to stay within our time that's allowed for this evening. And so I wanted you to pay attention, tune in very quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Would you look with me at verse number 7 tonight? 1 Samuel 16, verse number 7, the Bible says this. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Samuel... Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. As we look at this passage of scripture again, I ask you teenagers, we go to the Lord in prayer if you haven't done so already, would you take this moment and pray, Lord, speak to me tonight. What's, what's more important right now than God speaking to us as a group? Nothing. So let's ask him, Lord, meet with us. Father, thank you for this night. Thank you, Savior, for these teenagers. <laughs> Lord, I have just truly fallen in love with this group. They are out of this world, fantastic. They're fun to be around. They're encouraging. There's a love for you in this place. Thank you, Savior, for the music tonight. It's been God-honoring. It's uplifted Christ. Father, I couldn't help but two of those songs just, just start crying. When God is near, wow. Lord, there's such truth in that song. Father, we need you tonight. God, I need you. Father, anoint me once again. Give me the words to say. Hide me behind the cross. I ask, Savior, that this evening, Father, I would use the Holy Spirit as a teleprompter to speak, to teach, and to preach those things that you'd have me to tonight. Father, thank you for the parents that have allowed their kids to come. Thank you for the youth pastors and their wives who have taken the time to be here this week. For the staff, the counselors. God, you are so good. I love you, Savior. 
In your son's holy and precious name I pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. We've been looking at the life of David and over the last several nights we've seen that David is now on the battlefield. On the battlefield we have two groups that have come to face each other in war. Tuesday night we looked at the Philistines which represents the lost and last night we begin to look at David which represents the saved. Before David went into battle, we began to lay a foundation last night that he had this attitude that he was ready to be used. When you look at our lives and the lives of the teenagers in here and even looking at your own personal self, I believe that many of us have or ought to have that attitude, God, I want to be used. And if we have that type of attitude, then we have to ask the question, will everyone that has that attitude, I want to be used, be used? David in the word of God was used in a great way. And we begin to look last night at the process of how David was used in such a mighty and big way. We saw, first of all, the, the rejection of King Saul. Saul rejected the word of the Lord. He said, I'll do it my way. He knew what God wanted him to do, and yet he only went halfway in God's commands. Therefore, uh, God sent a prophet, and Samuel comes and says, because you have sinned, your kingdom is going to be taken from you. And teenager, once again, I'm not going to re-preach the message, but understand this. Listen, teenager, you can choose to sin all you want to, but you can't choose your consequences. You can't go with this, this crowd today that just says, hey, we're free. We've got the grace of God. We can live and we can do all that we please. God's holiness and his righteousness and his principles and our standards that are built upon God's principles, built upon the word of God, are based on the word of God. We can pick and choose what we want. And therefore, God loves me enough that he understands. Listen, don't follow that crowd the bible says here behold to obey is better than a sacrifice and saul sins and samuel comes on the scene and says hey saul sorry dude but uh, you messed up you didn't follow the lord's commands uh, your kingdom is gone then we uh, enter into chapter number 16 and i love the phrase here where he, uh, god comes to samuel and says how long wilt thou mourn remember teenagers said hey how long are you going to sit there and pout Get up and get busy and go and do my word. Do what I want you to do. Go and anoint me another king. I, I'll tell you how to get there. Well, I, I don't know if I can do that. I, I, I don't know what to do. You just go. And you do as I say, verse number one through five. And, and that's what Samuel did. He went and he began to obey uh, the word of the Lord. And, and teenager, let, let's just be reminded. Don't go another day staying better, being mad, being upset, fretting over the small things. No, it's time to get up and to get over it, the rejection of King Saul. Then we also saw the selection of King David. Samuel comes on the scene and begins to look at all these men and God says, no, 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 no. And finally David comes on the scene from watching the sheep and God said, that is the man that I want. It was not because David was the firstborn. And it was not because David was the most qualified. No, listen, teenager. It was David was chosen because he had a heart to serve. Verse number seven, look at it with me, the verse that we just read. The wording says this, the Lord looketh on the heart. 
There was something special about David that his older brothers did not have, but God saw it. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart. Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number seven says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. But David, understand, did not have this heart naturally. It was something that was developed. Listen, teenagers, very quickly. You see, David in his life had this, he had this thought process. He began to say in his heart, look, I, I want to be used. He, he was out in the field, he's being used, doing what his father wants him to do. He's keeping the sheep, but then understand very quickly what begins to happen is he's called in, he's anointed king. He didn't, this didn't just happen overnight. No, this is God coming on the scene and anointing him. What was it in David's life that set him apart from his other brothers? It wasn't that he was bigger or faster or stronger. It wasn't that he was better with the sword. It wasn't that he was more athletic. No, there was something that set him apart. We understand now what, listen guys, what that was. It was this. It was that David had a different heart. But that heart just didn't come overnight. This is not just a, a Thursday night at camp and all of a sudden, boom, David's ready to be used. No, David was developing something in his life. This is something that, watch now, that, that Jack, seriously, he is working on. That Sarah, look at here. This, this is something that is being constantly developed in his life. And if you, a teenager, are serious, like you said this past uh, Tuesday night, I want to be used of God, then you have to get serious about developing this heart for God. Amen. Understand this, Kim, this doesn't happen like, oh, I, I, I think I, I want to do that, so go ahead and check me in. No, no, that's not how it works. You have to be ready. You have to be willing. But you have to go all the way in developing this heart for Christ. What was it in David's life that he began to develop that gave him this heart that God used him in such a great way? Well, there were several things that he learned. If you're taking notes tonight, would you write this down? Number one, David learned to be content. David learned to be content. Everybody look at this passage of scripture at verse number 11. Look at verse number 11. Watch what the wording says here. You got to tune in, verse number 11. In this passage, in verse number 11, the Bible says this. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all thy children? And he said, well, there remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. Okay, listen to that phrase there. Now everybody look at verse number 19, and remember that, he keepeth the sheep. Look at verse number 19. Turn the page, look at it, watch what it says. Wherefore, Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the, everybody say it out loud. Sheep. He's with the sheep. You see, first of all, David learned to be content. In verse number 11, the phrase said, he keepeth the sheep. And in verse number 19, the Bible says, which is with the sheep. Verse number 19, watch now, teenager, comes after David had already been anointed king. This is, not, this is not David saying, well, he's still a little shepherd boy. No, he's already been anointed king. He's going to be a very powerful man. And yet we get to chapter, verse number 19, David is still doing what he has always done, and he's very content. 
He's not complaining. He's not, oh, woe is me. He's not, hey, I'm better than this. No, what David learned in his life is that he learned to be content with what God had given him. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11, not that I speak in respect of what, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Paul said to Timothy, a young preacher, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Hey, camper, you ought to be content with whatever God gives you. You ought to be content doing what God wants you to do. There are many in here that say this. They say, hey, Brother Shepherd, I, I want to go to Bible college. I want to be a youth pastor. I want to be a youth pastor's wife. I, I want to be a missionary. I want to be on the field. I want to be used. And yet, listen now, you're not content with what God's given you now. If you're not content with what God's given you now, you're never going to be content in the ministry. I think sometimes, teenagers, we, we really think that we've arrived. Like we're, we're, we're it. Did you know that not one of us, I would say today, has thought about keeping the, the water in our eyes going so that our eyes are moist? Yo, who did that, God? How many times did you stop and go, oh yeah, whew, my heart's still beating. 10,196, 10,197, 10,000. No, no, God just kept it going. You and I can do nothing without him. And God gives us things in our life and God gives us jobs and God gives us, listen, I tell you, sometimes even he gives us circumstances that you and I ought to be tuned into and understand, not have the attitude, how come I got this cabin? How come I got on the top bunk? How come I did this? Hey, youth pastor, I'm going home. I, I, I want to serve it and I want to get involved. And the youth pastor says, hey, that's great. That's awesome. I really need some help. Hey, uh, head out here and help me vacuum out the van for camp. Well, I mean, I, I, I was thinking more like I could give the lesson on Sunday or something or lead, lead the music. I mean, really, you want me to go vacuum out the popcorn and, and, and the monster cans? I mean, that's, that, that's getting that kind of for somebody else. No, no, that's for you and for me. Don't ever get too big to serve the Lord, teenager. You might want to write that down. Don't ever be too big to serve the Lord. You just do it. You just dive in. Do you think for a moment that your, your youth pastor just is frolicking? Do you know what frolicking is? Frolicking is like a skill. Do you think your youth pastor is just frolicking to be here this week? Away from his family? Away from many of them, their kids, their job, their bed, their coffee, their microwave, their house, their temperature, their state? Understand, no. you know why they're here? Because they love you. You know why they're here? Because they're content with doing whatever God wants them to do. And that is the life that must be developed in your heart, teenager. Because if you don't start developing that heart now, here's what's taking place. Across our nation, the counselors who are here, I know they would agree with this. They're in, they're in Bible colleges, a lot of them are in college. I know they would agree with this. 
There, there is a movement sweeping our land today where everybody wants to be in ministry, but they want to be in ministry and they want to, they want to go in with a salary and they want to go in with a, a car allowance and a house allowance and uh, they want 400 people and, and they want the respect and, and they want the big buildings and they want the big paycheck and they, they want it all just right now without working for it. Hey, teenager, you're not going to get anywhere in life being lazy. Work hard. Does that make sense? Say amen tonight. Amen. Work hard. David could have had the attitude, hey, you know what, God? A couple verses back, I was anointed king. How come I'm still out here and I'm, I'm picking up sheep poop and I'm falling them around all over this mountain? How come I'm out here by myself playing on my little harp? How come I'm out here? God, I... I'm pretty sure, don't you remember calling me? God, don't you remember anointing me and the oil dripping down? I remember that day. I don't know, but I'm saying that's not the attitude that David had at all. David's attitude was, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. You learn a lot from your pastor's wife who on Sundays is there and they're vacuuming and they're keeping the nursery and they're playing on the piano and they're running around and putting light bulbs in. Ladies, you ought to watch that and learn from it. Guys, watch your youth pastor. He's not just here and he's got on the nice clothes to just sit back, relax, and chilling this week. Do you know what your youth pastors are doing? They're still working. They're still praying. Every pastor that's in here tonight, when they drive you home Saturday, they don't get to sleep in on Sunday. They stand up and they've got to get up and they've got to lead music and they've got to get back in the pulpit and they've got to do what they've always done. You know what you get to do? Sleep. Unpack. Don't complain. David's heart watched, first of all, who learned to be content, but also David learned to be controlled. David learned to be controlled. If I look at verse number 13, if you would with me, look at verse number 13, look what the Bible says here. The Bible says that Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came, watch, upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Understand, the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. How many tonight, by a raise of hands, say this? Just be honest, be honest. Lord, I really do want to be used of you. Would you raise your hand? Raise it. Put your hands down. Let me ask this question. What controls you? What is a teenager that motivates you, that drives you? There's a lot of teenagers that are controlled by anger. A lot of teenagers that are controlled by their dreams, their emotions, their desires. When we look at the life of David, how many times could he have killed Saul with his own hands? No, he didn't. Why? He was controlled by the Spirit of God from that day forward. 
And if you and I are going to be used of God, we must understand that we are bought with a price. Let the Lord guide us, direct us, control every aspect of our hearts. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The more that you are in the word this summer, the more you are going to let God control your life. Why? Because you and I will begin to be more like him. But there are many teenagers that say, here's my hand. I want to be used of God and yet everything else controls us except for the Holy Spirit of God did you how, how we expect to be used hey God I, I, I want to be used I'll give you all my heart all my life except I'm not going to Hey, God, I, I'm honest. <laughs> hey, Lord, here I am. Go ahead, send me. I'm one of those right here. Except, God, I'll be honest. There's, there's just some things that I, I'm not really ready to give up just yet. What are you holding on to, teenager? Hey, God, I, I tell you what, I, I'll be used. But if I have to do this, if I've, if I've got to go there, well, then I, I don't know, Lord, if I can do it. Then, you, then you're not spirit controlled. It's all about self. It's all about me. Yeah, but I gave God 90%. That's not good enough, teenager. He didn't die on the cross for 90%. He didn't die on the cross for 99%. He died on the cross for 100% of your life. And you and I got a home in heaven. Let me remind you, this, this, this world's not our home. You and I, we're, we're pilgrims here. We're we're just visiting this place. Our home's in heaven. It's coming, friend. But while we live here, we ought to have the type of heart that says, hey, I don't care if I'm 13. I don't care if I'm 14. I don't care if I'm a junior or senior in college. God, I just want you to use all of me. I'm telling you on a Thursday night, June of 2018, God, I'm going to get on my face before you and I'm just going to say this. I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of giving you my half heart. I'm tired of my bad attitude. God, if I'm tired of it, I know you must be tired of it. So God, on this night, here it is, I'm done. It's all, it's all or nothing. And God, I'm giving you it my all. Hey, youth pastors and youth pastors' wives, how many of you by an amen would love to see one of your teenagers this week give their everything to God? Would you say amen? amen. Did you hear that, teenager? That's your cheerleaders. You know why they said amen? Because they love you. You know why they said amen? Because they see something in you that a lot of people don't see. You see, I can come here and, and I don't know you. I don't know your background. I don't know your family. I know nothing about you. I can look at you and say, man, I, that guy's kind of dorky. That girl, good night. That girl can talk. Can she not talk? I tell you, my goodness, that person's not athletic at all. I mean, who gets hit in the face two times within like five seconds? Oh, sorry about that. Listen, I, I may look at that and I may have that, but you know what your youth pastor sees? They see the greatest preacher to ever live sitting in here tonight. They see one of the greatest hymn writers to have ever lived sitting in here tonight. 
They, they see the next missionary. They see the next missionary's wife. They see the greatest youth pastor that's ever lived. They're sitting in here this evening. You know what they see in you? They see a young person that if that young person was willing to get down and to say, God, it's over. I'm giving it up. I'm tired of it. I'm done. I'm sick of fighting. Tonight, Lord, I'm just going to tell you, you can't have it all. If your youth pastor believes in you, then you better believe the Lord Jesus Christ believes in you. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. May the message you've just heard be truth that transforms your heart and life. Christ loves you and wants you to grow in his grace through salvation and sanctification. If you've never placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, we'd love to talk to you personally. Please give us a call at 318-894-9154 or shoot me an email at mherpster at southlandcamp.org. Christ has promised eternal life and a life worth living if you will only believe in Him. May the Lord bless you in your pursuit of Christ-like living. Tune in next time right here for another message on the Southland Podcast.